Welcome back, everyone, to the Mind Body Mentor Podcast. My name is Stephen Jaggers, and I am your host. And on today's beautiful episode, we have Hallie Rose from The Thought Room. Hallie is absolutely, uh, just has an incredible mind and such a good speaker. You know, something I found um, interesting and inspiring was that just she would take a pause before she speaks and I know that she's very calculated on what she says before she says it and she drops some bombs so you know I know a lot of people just kind of word vomit before they speak and it was very refreshing to see how calm and collected and precise she is probably the first time anybody has ever gotten some tears out of me too so <laughs> stay tuned and see if you can tell where um, some of my waterworks come out uh, yeah I got a new microphone so we are upgrading the sound quality for you guys uh, from podcasts here on out the one in this podcast did not have the new microphone but uh, we got some big guests coming up for you guys and uh, if you would love to leave me a five-star review it helps my podcast grow and then i can get absolutely amazing people on this podcast and i want to bring you the best information in the realms of mind and body and also if you also want to support the podcast please um, use the code mindbodymentor for 15 percent off at organifi amazing amazing superfoods um, don't have much else to say there uh, yeah, most of my energy has been going to my somatic release courses. That's been an absolute labor of love. We still got some spaces open for uh, the online, which starts March 30th, and the in-person, that's April 8th through the 11th. Check out my website, uh, message me on the gram, and uh, yeah, without further ado, here's an uninterrupted podcast with the beautiful Hallie Rose. All right, we are live. I am with Hallie Rose. Uh, absolute honor to have you on the Mind Body Mentor podcast. Um, we just had some technical difficulties and kind of cleared all of that energy out of the way. Um, yeah, so you know, it's funny. I first came across your your stuff uh, from a great friend of mine, Melissa Stangle uh, from Soltara. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I saw that you did an interview with her and it led me to your page and I just saw some of your writing and, um, it just spoke to me for sure. And then your podcast mm -hmm. as well. Um, so just give me a little bit of just background on, you know, yourself and, and, you know, how far you've come and where you've gotten to now that you're, you know, working with men specifically, it seems like. Right now, yeah. Um, but I'm sure that will fluctuate. You know, it's it's kind of an exciting thing to be in this pocket of my wild and wonderful entrepreneurial career and, um, you know, being trying to be very spirit led. I never really know what I'm going to be called to next as far as projects. So even answering this question, it's such a natural question. And it's so difficult for those of us who aren't really niched. You know what I mean? So people oh, yeah. be like, so what's your niche? I'm like, everything uh, I'm interested in. Like, what's your <laughs> podcast about? Everything I think is cool, you know? So so the journey has been such a strange, uh, nonlinear one. And um, so, it, yeah, it feels very challenging to, to sum myself up 
but I would say I'm a lifelong learner. You know, I'm a student of life. I've always been curious and perceptive and intuitive. And I love to, to learn about people. I love to watch. I love story. I love listening to people's stories and listening to how that has shaped their experience here on planet earth during this current incarnation they're having. And so, yeah, I I'm, I'm curious about all things and, and I'm a storyteller myself. You know, you, you mentioned my writing that for me is one of the deepest expressions of my soul and always has been, you know, I've been journaling. I talked about this, actually, you were, you were just talking about Eric Godsey and, and having him on your show. And I actually talked about this on, on his podcast as well of telling the story of my journaling and how I've been writing since I was eight years old and chronicling my life that way. No one really said to me, you should journal, you know, that young, it was just the thing that I did. It's always been the thing that I did was to write. So I have a suitcase full of diaries. It's literally like a giant suitcase filled with 50 filled journals. I mean, it's, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of words, if not a million words at this point. And it's every profound and benign experience of my epic coming of age. That is everybody's, you know, human experience. So it's been really cool to witness how that voice, the voice that shows up in my writing has shifted. What does she care about as the years go on? What pains her? What things keep looping back? What things stay the same? And then, you know, the biggest part has been watching what I value and how what I value has just wholly shifted in, in probably the last two years. It's, it's wild. So that's a little bit about what I do. Mm. And then, you know, that I have, you, you mentioned the thought room, which connects to Melissa very much so because the entirety of that podcast, that podcast would not exist without the experiences that I had at Soltara Healing Center, which of course is owned by uh, Melissa and, and her co-founder, Dan Cleland. And I went there as a guest in 2019. At that time, I was doing something completely different with my life. I'd founded a startup company called Lunar Wild. We make first period gift boxes for young women to help them celebrate that sacred rite of passage into womanhood. And so I came in to that experience with a lot of, uh, so going to drink ayahuasca for the very first time. And I came into that experience hoping to ask a bunch of questions about what was the next step for my company. And I was pretty surprised that I had such strong guidance that I was about to step into something completely new and that I was being called to speak. And what that looked like was to share share stories and share messages over a podcast. I think I had a great deal of resistance. I had to in the coming months after that first experience with ayahuasca work through that resistance, which was fear. It was fear of being seen, fear of being judged, fear of failing, fear of succeeding, 
So like, what happens if I start this podcast and it's really successful? You know, what? that's almost harder than in failing sometimes, <laughs> you know, because it's like, then you, you, you're consistently leveling up and you um, have to be in integrity all the time and give yourself those integrity checks. And I, I take, I do take that responsibility of having a platform incredibly seriously. It is a responsibility. It is such a responsibility to have people looking to you for guidance on their spiritual journey, on their human journey, and that they would choose us, you know, they would choose you and they would choose me. That, I mean, it, it brings me almost to tears in this moment because that is just such a, a profound thing. And I would like to see more people taking it that seriously. Like <laughs> these are people's hearts. These are people's dreams, you know, and they're placing that in us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, it's pulling, pulling some water out of me as well. Mm, and, yeah. <laughs> um, first off, I just want to say that, you know, I've, I've gone through those same struggles of, of niching myself and I, you know, if you study business or marketing or anything like that, it's like, that is, you know, the key to your success is finding your, your own niche and, and, and specializing in something. But currently, I think that that's probably the one of one of the most, um, one of the biggest issues within our culture in general. Uh, you know, I think there's a place and a time and place with or for specialists. Um, but you know, what's the, what's the opposite of specialization? It is holistic. It is to be able to look at the whole, to, mm -hmm. you know, we have, we have, you know, the knee specialist, we have the, the brain specialist, we have the, you know, the dentist, the, the gastroenterologist, whatever it is that are all looking at these little different specific things and you're missing the whole picture. So it's just such a, um, it's, it's so refreshing, uh, to hear your response to that, um, to say that, you know, you are, and, you know, I believe that you are an embodiment of that as being spirit led and being able to shift gears into whichever direction that you're being called to. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. So where we find you at, at, at this point, you know, at your current endeavors, you are you know, working with men specifically, which is near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually a part of a few men's groups here. Uh, also a part of the, the sacred sons. I don't know if you've heard mm -hmm. of them, Very much. Yep, familiar. Um, but yeah, this past year at uh, a sacred sons retreat uh, convergence was probably one of the most um, powerful experiences of my, and transformational experiences of my life to get together with men specifically and you know, share that uh, collective ceremonial space and that collective vulnerable space and just healing together with men specifically because you know I I've been in the holistic healing arts for you know, about the past 10 years or so and I think in in general, healing is considered uh, more of a feminine energy. You know, it's looking inside. It's, it's, um, you know, I mean, being in a healing state would be a, a parasympathetic nervous system state, which is, you know, um, rest and digest and going inward anyways. So I would just love to hear maybe like what, like, what was the call? What was the message that was coming through for, mm -hmm. for you to um, start working with men specifically? 
Excellent question. I think that, I think that we end up teaching or being called to things that we are reaching a certain, I don't want to say the word mastery, but we're reaching a certain level of awareness and it's calling to be fully healed within ourselves. So for me, I think that being being called up to, to teach the conscious man and to lead that experience as a woman, you know, I met people as I was launching this program, not very many, but I did meet some people that were like, Hmm. So what makes you think you should do you, you have the capacity to do this. In fact, I had one person who's, who is in men's work and he's a man obviously. And the energy behind it was so combative. It Mm. was, it was almost like a fear that there wasn't room for everyone or that what I was going to be doing was going to be taking away from people who might want to do men's work with, with him. And, um, it was just such a funny, I guess, um, encapsulation of how we felt energetically different about the same issue. Like in my mind, yes, everyone do men's work. Everyone do women's work. Everyone do, do this work together. Like that we need it. And, um, my voice, your voice, somebody else's voice is going to resonate with exactly the people that are coming, that are being attracted, you know, like all of these teachers, coaches, we are like these little lighthouses and it's telling people where to come to be held. And different people are not everyone's going to go to the same lighthouse. You know, we're, we're so different. We're coming from different paths, different backgrounds, different woundings. So, you know, so maybe, maybe some of the, the men, and this is just theoretical, but maybe some of the men that are attracted to, to working with me are, are men who are, are needing that nurturing, they're needing to allow themselves to to feel their emotions maybe for the first time for the first time in a, a real very deep way there's something about the feminine to hold that right men absolutely. can hold that too absolutely yeah. but if someone's got a particular set of of woundings or a past or something then something about me might resonate with them so when i was being called to do this work it was after a, a really deep period of integration of the 13 ayahuasca ceremonies I'd done um, coming out of soul ta- so t- living at Soltara and launching the Thought Room. So I actually launched the Thought Room down at Soltara. Even the name, the Thought Room, came directly from my second ever ayahuasca, uh, ayahuasca ceremony. And that's what I was, the story I was telling before was I went in asking about Lunar Wild, my company, and it was just like, no, you're going to podcast. And so um, the, the name, the thought room came in a ceremony where I had an experience of seeing my own thoughts. And that sounds very simple, but it was one of the most profound moments of my life and has forever shifted the way that I be. I had this experience and I was actually telling this story last night at a, at a birthday dinner and the whole table was leaning in. They're like, this is a wild story. But as it goes, 
I was in the DMT experience that is ayahuasca and I found my place or my myself in that place that is, I call it the void where there's just nothing except your consciousness. It's just black, just nothingness. And it's a little unsettling to be there. Um, you don't even have a body at that point. You can't feel anything. There's nothing but just pure awareness. And I found myself in that void. I sometimes call it the infinite sandbox too. So I'm in this infinite black sandbox and I have this thought. And the thought is, wow, this is so profoundly cool. And the moment I had that thought, which is a pretty high vibrational thought, it's gratitude, it's appreciation. The moment I had that thought, there, it, it became a visual depiction in the space. It looked like when you drop some food coloring in water and it melts and you can kind of slowly start to see it. This was what happened when I had a thought in the black sandbox. This rainbow kaleidoscope of colors started to melt around me with this vibration of this is so cool. I'm in gratitude. This experience is amazing. This medicine is amazing. I'm so grateful I'm here. And it was whimsical and it was pulsing and I'm inside of this kaleidoscope. And then I had another thought, a follow-up thought. But this thought was, wow, I, I really wish I had this. I really wish I had someone to share this experience with. I wish someone else was seeing this right now. And then the follow-up thought to that was, I feel lonely. And as soon as I had that thought. The color and the experience that I was in immediately shrank and it became monochromatic and my I felt tight, like I felt tight inside my existence in a way that I can't describe. And it was horrible and I almost felt like sick and I was like, "Oh, this is so constricting. How did that shift so fast?" And that's when I had the awareness. I was like, "I am doing this." I am doing this. I'm doing all of this. With every single thought, I'm programming the way that my body feels. I'm programming whether I feel spacious inside of my being or constricted. This is incredible. And so the next thought that I happened to have was, again, it was just kind of happening randomly. I wasn't consciously choosing them yet, but I was starting to get it. The next thought was, wait a minute, you love being alone. What are you talking about? Like you really enjoy spending time with yourself. And the moment I had that, whoosh, you know, the room opened back up and all the colors are dancing and it's like a disco party in my in my head again. And I got it. Something clicked. I, I understood that if I practice meditation, if I practice waking mindfulness, if I'm conscious of my speech and how it feels when I speak to people, in a certain way? And how do I feel walking away from interactions when I say X versus Y, you know, like really starting to be mindful about what I put in my body, all of this stuff, the more that I am conscious, um, the more control, like I, I want to use the word control, but the more, um, power I have to be a creator of my experience in this lifetime. So that became the practice. And when I left, I wrote down in my integration journal, 
remember the thought rooms, remember the thought rooms. And if you don't like how you feel right now in this given moment, can you become aware of the thoughts that are crossing the threshold of your mind? And if those thoughts are not leading you in a trajectory that you would like to be in, if they do not vibrationally support expansion, then you have to pattern break and you get to choose. You get to choose another thought right now. Even if it feels wrong or forced or whatever, you can, you can just take a, take a slightly better feeling thought, try it on, and trust that you're going to build momentum from there. So that's why I named my podcast The Thought Room. Mind blown. <laughs> what a uh, what a, a beautiful description of how our thoughts are absolutely creating our physical manifestations right in front of us. You know, I know on on Aya you can you're able to see it so clearly, but mm. it is it it is really true. You know, our our thoughts are absolutely creating our reality and it's it's something so interesting and this is what i tell a lot of clients because you know i'm a, I'm a body worker by trade as well too I've, I've spent a lot of time working with people's physical bodies and aligning their physical bodies and you know that only goes so far you know i i, I got tired of working with people over and over and aligning their physical bodies but they i could tell in their mind they had the same the same thought patterns over and over and then you know i'd i'd align their bodies i'd line their posture um and then they'd show back up to me with the same you know repetitive thing that's that's going on and one of the things that i'd say is that the the mind changes quickly the body changes slowly the Mm -hmm. mind we have the beautiful gift of changing our thoughts at the drop of a pin we can change our mind just like that our yes. body, however, our body however, is of nature. It's just like this, this plant over here, you know, it, it changes very slowly. So if we want to see physical results, we have to be able to choose our thoughts on a, on a, you know, it's pattern repetition. It's sustainable, in a sustainable sus- way. Yeah. Exactly. Completely, completely. And then we'll start to see physical manifestations happen in front of us. This is, I a hundred percent agree. And this is what practice and this is what discipline is. You know, sometimes people think of the word discipline and it has such a connotation. Like it's like, ah, oh, the drudgery of like getting up and doing my meditation practice, even when I'm not feeling it. But I had, you know, I had my friend, uh, Joe Holly on my podcast. It was like one of the first episodes I did. And he said something so brilliant about meditation. Cause of course he's a former professional athlete. And so we were using this languaging of, of like working out. And when we talked about meditation, he said, yeah, like just sitting down on the cushion and just doing it. And every time that your mind drifts, you just gently bring it back and it'll drift again. And you just gently bring it back. And that's the rep, you know, like that's, that's the rep. That's the whole thing. Thoughts. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and what was so important about that too, is this idea of gently bringing it back. Cause sometimes yeah. we'll be like, damn it. Like, what? Yeah. Why can't you stay focused here? It's like, okay, clearly that's where your work is. How is your self-love mm. if you're speaking to yourself in that manner? Yeah. What's really underneath there? Some frustration with yourself. How else is that showing up in your life? 
Okay. Mm. The work is right here. You're making it about something else, trying to blame this or that or externalize. The work is right here inside yourself in that very moment. That is the wrap. That's so interesting because I think of that in the same way that I work with like, uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of like CrossFitters and people that are just super into, you know, working out, but they're working out from the place of punishing their body instead of, you know, slowly and gently, you know, moving the weight perhaps, but doing it in, in the place of honoring your body not from the place of needing to punish your body, you know, just like you're saying in meditation or, you know, practicing those reps with your thought, gently bringing it back. You don't have to rip it back. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that, you're probably, like you said, not, you know, um, not necessarily giving yourself the self-love. Completely. And I like what you said. It's like working out, eating, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And we talk about this, you know, in the men's course too. Uh, there's this exercise I'm going to do in a couple of weeks. It's called how you eat is how you fuck. And, and wow. so it's about slowing down in the mindfulness of eating in this exercise with a piece of fruit and, you know, like looking at it, feeling the skin of it, feeling the rind of it, the volatile oils coming off of the citrus peel and smelling it and thinking about the, the flower and the tree that it came from and slowly unrinding it and having that sensual experience of really slowing that down. And then after several minutes, like maybe just gently biting into it, letting the juices dribble down your chin. It's like, that's the presence process. That's the experience. And we talk about translating that into the bedroom with a, with a lover, you know, that's, and that's the difference between like fucking and making love, you know, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, these are all really cool sort of subtle energetic nuances that, that we can go into and learn about. Mm, Absolutely. I think that's probably the main thing for men in general is to, you know, I know for myself, like I could always, you know, for my lover, I think slow things down a lot. And I think just the masculine energy in general, when combining with, you know, with a lover, being able to slow down and fully take in all of the senses before just like full on, you know, just going for it, which (laughs) I've definitely heard some, some, some feedback. And, And even for myself, you know, as an energetic body worker, it's like, pretty attuned and I can play that energetic touch and and, sensation all day long but even sometimes I just get in the mode of where I'm just like all right full on primal Mm -hmm. and that's not always you know so there's a time and a place for that but uh I think that um the feminine probably appreciates the the slow sensual um gradual building probably more than more than the latter Man, I think it's I think it's both. I think I think it is you're the right. Full spectrum. And I think it doesn't there's different types of sex too and we we talk about this in in the conscious man as well. I we we learned about the menstrual cycle and how mm. a woman's hormones throughout the month might affect what type of sex she wants to be having. There might be a time during her cycle where she really wants to be like nurtured and then there might be a time. I mean, every woman's different, but I know this is this way for me. When and then there's a time, it's like I want that more primal, yeah. um, animal sort of mm-hmm. feeling. So again, it's um, this this idea of it's a confusing thing for men. 
there's that societal expectation that they will be the one who takes initiative, right? But at the same time, you don't want to come across as pushy and you don't want to be disrespectful because that's that's not a good thing either. Obviously, that's that's violating. That's why we had the Me Too movement and all of these things is because people were not attuned to what was going on. That's that's a gross simplification of it, but that's essentially what it is. Is like we can't read each other. So yeah. when you go to play a sport, you don't say to the coach, "Coach, tell me what play to run to score every time." Yeah, you have to learn how to read the field. That's what we're doing here. We are mm. sensitizing to energy. We're attuning. And we're learning how to read the field of every moment and and every person as it shifts and changes around mm. us. Beautifully said. Yeah. I, you know, I think that just the word sensitivity in general, um, you know, there's some barnacles on that word mm. and I would love to kind of just can segue into communication. Mm. Um, but I, I think that word just becoming more sensitive in general is to becoming more full of sense. Is to become more full of sensory input, to become totally. more um, full of sensation, to be able to feel more. And I think as a goal for myself is to become more sensitive. <laughs> but um, I think that, like you were saying, just becoming aware of the energy fluctuation within the moment is probably the biggest tool that you have. And I think that with anything in life you know we are always striving for homeostasis for balance for equilibrium uh within everything but to know how to achieve equilibrium we have to know first where we're at in the moment mm. and without that self-inquiry practice such as meditation you know a lot of my listeners have, have uh, uh, heard me say that but i mean it's just like you know, it, without knowing where your body's at, are you super stiff at, at some point? Do you need more yoga? Are you like doing too much yoga? Are you too flexible? And maybe you need a little bit more strength and stability. It's that balance between stability and mobility all the time, but you can't really find that if you don't know where you're at, if you're not reading the moment and don't have that perceptual awareness within every moment. Completely, completely. Awareness is number one. And then communication is number two. You can't jump to expecting that you're going to be able to fully communicate to your partner or anybody else. If you haven't developed enough self-awareness to start to have a language of life, a language of how you're feeling. So this is often what I find with working with men is no one's given them permission before to fully embody and to like drop into their body and to start talking about, oh, well, like I, yeah, I feel, I do, I feel a density in my heart or like I feel a, you know, thing in the pit of my stomach. It's men or, you know, masculine energy, this, it, it can be very mm, mental, you know, it can, it's really great at calculating things and fixing problems and being pragmatic. So, when I ask a man, how is he feeling? Like sometimes that's a difficult question for some men to answer. So like you said, having a meditative practice or some sort of self-reflection, like journaling is great. 
is super important. I heard a quote this morning on one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Tara Brock, and she was quoting an, a Zen teacher. And someone asked this Zen teacher, why do you meditate? And he said, so that I can notice the purple flowers on the side of the road when I'm walking to work every day. It's like the, those purple flowers are always there. But sometimes our view of the world gets so narrow that we miss all the beauty. Mm. So we practice meditation. We practice mindfulness so that we can see. We can see what's what's already here. It widens our perspective. So if someone tells me I'm not feeling anything, that's not true. You are feeling something, but it might just be I'm having difficulty getting in touch with my emotions right now or okay, I feel a little numb. Um, but there's, there's something there and there's usually a blockage that we're not allowing ourselves to, to tune into how we're really feeling. So first is cultivating that awareness and rooting that in through the body. And then second is learning to communicate that to others in a way that doesn't project onto them. It doesn't blame them. And it's an invitation and it's usually leading with vulnerability. So for example, I, I was practicing this with, you know, having, maybe having a, a lover that you're not feeling that connected with. Okay. So this is a situation that, that people often find themselves in, I think. And so there's that whole thing. You're like, okay, no, this is going well. This is fine yeah, I can get into this. And then, I, and then you're like, no, I'm not really feeling this. Men and women both experience this. So then there's that moment where it's like, do I just keep trying to make this work or and, and like not really say anything? Do I just stop it? And I mean, I yeah, I'm exactly. And for so many years, especially, I think this is common for a lot of women. It's like, you just don't say anything. And you end up having a lot of disconnected sex. You end up feeling sort of like a little bit of a receptacle, you know, and that's experiences is it's very, it's very traumatic. And, um, you know, if you don't heal that, you can have a lot of deserving issues and, and all kinds of things come up. I had a lot of anger toward men and, and I ended up losing my menstrual period for like, three years in my twenties, I just stopped menstruating. I think it was my body just being like, nope, I reject all my femininity. I don't want to be that anymore. I'm not receiving anything. And, um, so it took a lot of healing, but, um, so yeah, the, the experience of being with someone and it's not jiving, right? Like, what do you do? This is not beginner stuff, but after years of, of cultivating this respect for myself, this gnosis that I deserve pleasure, I have a desire to be deeply, fully, intimately connected to my partner, there's an invitation there for me to express that. And what that looks like is gently for me turning toward that partner and saying, it could be as simple as breathe with me. You know, it could be an invitation. Breathe with me. I think that's that the might be a powerful enough. one to connect. Just breathe with me and you look each other in the eyes. Or, you know, if that's really not working, you're really falling off. Sometimes I just, I place a hand on a heart and I'll just like slow everything down with my presence. And if that's really not working, then there's a, there's a moment where I can say, 
I really desire to, to feel more deeply connected to you right now. Can we slow things down? Would you take a breath with me? Um, sometimes like helping a man move the energy from his head down his body because that, or from his sexual center and release some of it up through his heart. Um, So like, because what happens is you get stuck. Like a lot of men will, will describe that they get stuck in their head and they're overthinking like the mechanics of what to do next. And if you're with a really sensitive woman or a tuned woman, she's going to feel that you're not really there. Mm. Like it might feel good, but emotionally there's something left to be desired. So yeah, there's a lot to explore in this realm. It's one of my favorite things to talk (laughs) about for sure. That's so much. I mean, that is, um, I think sex in general is, is the most intimate thing that you can, can experience in life and Mm. for their, you know, we all deserve that full spectrum connection. And I think we all long for that as well, too. At least if you uncover the layers of defenses and traumas and blockages within ourselves, I think there is a longing for that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. I want to kind of go back to the one of the things that you said in the beginning, you know, um, starting to work with men and you encountered you know, a, a man that maybe, you know, felt or probably was in a scarcity mindset and felt a little triggered by you, you know, working with men specifically. And I just had an experience um, that I was invited to hold a, a breathwork ceremony um, for retreats. And I get there and um, it ends up being all women. And like, 30 minutes before we start they're like we want to do a womb healing session and i'm like oh fuck um i'm a guy like, <laughs> uh, you know like, i didn't say that necessarily but in my head i'm thinking like uh-oh <laughs> but yeah. um i just took a second to connect and i'm like well you know like this could be incredibly healing for them to have this space held by a man for them to heal their womb you know, mm. probably because a lot of the the uh the the you know, I, I look at the womb as like the sacred garden and it's like what do you want to grow there you know oh. what do you like what are all the weeds that you've left there growing and yeah. you know whose whose weeds are still growing there and yeah. just being able to hold that container for them to feel safe enough with the masculine energy um, to clear that out. It was by far one of the most powerful uh, sessions that or ceremonies that I've held. And I, you know, going through a lot of these different, these different men's uh, retreats and men's work. And there is a part of me that feels like it's incomplete. And mm-hmm. in that way uh, I'm like, at, at what point do we, come back together at what point do we you know like and and i've had this um this topic kind of brought up like can can men and women do the work together or is that or is that do we need to have our separate containers Mm. and then do we come back together in, in 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 celebration or in ceremony and uh that's been kind of a question that i sit with 
often, and I don't think I've found an answer yet, um, but just being a part of that ceremony and, and holding that container for them and then hearing that, you know, you're, you know, holding this container with these men. I th and I think it's absolutely, um, you know, it can be healing in both ways. I just want to underscore how incredible what you just said is. And I want to thank you on behalf of women for holding that. And I want to let you know that it is because of men like you that I'm healed now from this because they gave me faith. You know, they gave me hope that it was safe to be in my body and I was going to be loved again someday. And, you know, as simple as it was a friend, it was a, a, a male friend that I felt safe with and it was platonic. And I was, I was so deep in my story of how every man was out to get me and not in a good way. And this day, this friend just let me cry. And I just laid on the floor crying and he just listened to me cry. And then he asked if he could, if he could give me some body work. And he just, he started to just, you know, just rub my play with my hair in such a loving way and you know just massage my arms I just started to let go of tension and then he he placed his hands he just placed his hands over my belly over my womb he didn't do anything he just placed them there and I broke into the biggest cry because I could feel the way he was touching me and it was pure care it was, there was not a sexual intention infused in it. It was like, this woman is hurting. And I just want to let her body and her nervous system know she is safe. And I hadn't had a man just place his hands over my womb in a loving way like that ever, you know, ever. And, and it was so healing. It was so so healing. And what you did for those women was so, so healing. We need each other in this work. We need each other. So I think, yes, there are definitely times where women should go be with women because, and men should go be with men because we can relate so easily. But then when we do enough healing, it's time to go to go share that with the other side and to, you know, you talked about integration, you talked about wholeness, being holistic. This is what we're doing. We're coming together. We're uniting the masculine and feminine. We're bringing things back into balance and we can't do that without everybody involved. Yeah. <laughs> pulled some pulled some tears out of me there i think that's probably mm -hmm. the first time on a podcast <laughs> perfect so, <laughs> yes i have a knack for making people you, cry. You, got, you, got me, you got me in the feels right now so oh good i'm, I'm in touch with my emotions yeah <laughs> yes you are um, yeah yeah i think that 
absolutely we need we we need each other just like you said there there has to be that integration point and and at which point that that happens i don't necessarily know yet but i do know that you know in my study of trauma and trauma specifically is that trauma is not the thing that happens to you it's not the event that happens to you it's what happens inside of you based on what happens to you and what happens inside of you is there's certain defenses that come up there's certain walls that come up and to be able to discharge that out of our body it's almost like it needs to be it it it, it needs to come up in a certain circumstance um, where it allows that to discharge. And I think that if you do have specific stuff like, you know, womb healing, probably a lot of the defense systems that they had around that was with other men, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. just being, just having that specific container um, to be not necessarily having it replayed, um, but to be able to have a similar circumstance for it to be discharged, I think can, mm-hmm. can magnify it. Um, and, and I have seen that, you know, a lot of men that have issues with their femininity, specifically working with a woman's coach or uh, working with women can be probably more powerful. I would, I would say, and my experience of a lot of the, the men's group specific, um, a lot of that is, is, is getting men back into their masculinity. It's a mm-hmm. lot of getting them back into their power, getting them, you know, one of the most powerful um, workshops that I did was uh, this concept of moving from predator to protector mm. as a man. Yes. And that is the, yes. where, you know, we would like the masculine energy to, to be, you know, um, kind of disarming the the predator aspect of ourself and moving into that you know that protective divine masculine specifically mm-hmm. so wow yeah this has been a great conversation mm-hmm. so far um, mm-hmm. i would like to just kind of move into is there anything that you feel like you or is, is there anything that you are super interested in like learning right now or what are you like what has caught your interest lately hmm. maybe spirit led truthfully right now i am consuming the least that i have consumed in years And I have been deeply engaged in the next layer of my own shadow work. So my, I, it's hard to say my interest lies there, but I'm being strongly directed to really look at some stories with a rapturous and somewhat uncomfortable level of truth with myself. And I know that what is happening is I'm being called to a new threshold, to a higher level. And I welcome that. It's very uncomfortable, but it's also part of being in integrity with this work is constantly facing, facing yourself, looking at where you're lying to yourself if you, if you feel imposter syndrome, 
there's, there's probably something you're not being honest with yourself about or others. Um, because if you just speak honestly about what your vulnerabilities are, suddenly it's not so scary because you're, you've just named them. You know, it's like you've put your worst fears out there for everyone to see. So actually nothing can hurt you, (laughs) you know, and that's the ironic thing. So for me, it's just been looking at what I want to cultivate next and then asking the question, okay, why is that not already here? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the answer isn't pretty, you know, and then letting the answer land without judgment, recognizing where that might've come from with compassion. So, okay. Yeah. You want to cultivate more intimacy with people in your life, deeper friendships and romantic connections, right? Okay. You're feeling pretty alone right now. Do you have some protective mechanisms that are keeping you separate? Do you like to be the one who's in the know? Do you like to be that friend who always gives advice? And I'm speaking about myself here. You know, is it more comfortable to be coaching and teaching others? And does it feel really hard for you to open up your stuff vulnerably and receive? You know, what's the block around that? Where did that come from? And just looking at these protections that we place and knowing that they come from a core wound, usually in childhood and just holding that, holding that tenderly. And you can't force that open. It's that Trevor Hall song. You can't rush your healing. So there's sometimes with me, I get a little frustrated because I like to move fast, you know, and I'm a bit of a spiritual masochist. So it's like the next (laughs) lesson, please universe. And sometimes things just don't move as quickly as we would like them to. And coming back to that, you know, this is the rep again. It's like, oh, I really want this really dense period of shadow I'm in to be over. Okay, just just understanding that that comes from a place of wanting to feel safe. Yep, this is me trying to control the situation. Maybe if I can soften into this and around this a little bit more and create a little more space for myself to feel this, then it'll move when it's ready. It'll move when it's ready and trusting that. I might not be able to, to move it, but I want to, the intention is there. And so I'm listening, I'm listening and I'm open to what I need to do in order to heal this for my highest good and for the highest good of all. Yeah. You know, I think that absolutely, you know, there's a, there was a a meme or something that I read the other day. It was like, you know, we don't, we don't create abundance. Abundance is always there. We create limitation mm. and yes, not necessarily we create limitation. I think that um, from, you know, these core wounds that we have and, and you know, it, when, when we undergo those, tra- you know, and trauma is subjective, like, you know, something that's traumatic to me, it might not be very traumatic to you. But when we, when we have those core wounds and we experience trauma and we have those defense systems that come up, those don't ever really shut down unless we do give them the time and space and awareness and they don't just go away by forcing. And a lot of the times those defense systems are part of the innate intelligence of our body and our mind and our spirit and our psyche and they protect us 
mm-hmm. which is an absolutely beautiful thing. So like you said, coming from the place of, of being able to honor that, 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 that part of you and that defense system and, and thanking the body and the, and the mind for that and, and get, and you thank it by giving it the time to move through you and the awareness that it deserves. Mm, yes, absolutely. And where I'm going with this now, my mind's thinking about uh, the word limitation. And I wanted to jump back to that idea of the thought room and how limitation is kind of those constrictive thoughts. There are those thoughts that, that those thoughts that don't feel so good inside of us. And yeah, it is coming from a protective reaction, something that's ingrained in us to keep our species alive, you know? And so just, just understanding it from that level and it's so delicate because you, me, we, we are the creators of our experience. We are the ones creating the limitations and yet we must not bypass the feelings that are there by just injecting a positive thought and brushing over the feelings. It has to be processed through. We have to give it the space. And one of the men in the, in the conscious man, my men's group asked me a question the other day. He goes, what's the difference? Like, how do you find the balance between leaning in and letting go? When you have a shadow, when you see what an issue is, how do I know whether to lean into it and really like go deep or to just kind of let go around it? And I said, they're the same thing. They're the same thing, really. And what the difference is in it, it, what the nuance is, is am I in the energy of self-love? And what does that look like? It's paying attention to the voice inside your head when you're doing this work. So you're, you're, you're engaging with a shadow are you speaking in a kind voice? Um, whether you're deciding to surrender the issue or whether you're deciding to lean into it, what's the mood? What's the voice saying inside your head? Like, it's okay, buddy. We're, let's look at this. Let's go into this. Or why don't we, you can just let this go. You know, that's the way that the voice speaks of this higher self. Could have the same issue and you could be saying, why can't you let this go? We've been over this. We've healed this. Why can't you let this go? That's not a voice of compassion. That's not a voice of unconditional love. And you are digging, you are spinning your wheels deeper into the mud with that sort of voice. So it's really all the same, but self-love is the absolute portal for healing any of the shadow stuff. You have to fully accept that this darkness is not outside of you. It is a part of you. The blood, the guts, the rot, the death, this is at our core. It's just as much a part of us as the aliveness. It's all right here. And the shadow reminds us that one day we will die and we will lose everything that we love and we will lose this body. And that can be a horrifying thing or it can be an absolute gift, a miraculous reminder. And again, we are the ones that get to choose. Yeah. And that's, 
that's the path of growth. That's the path of growth for there has to be death for new growth. So, mm. uh, I had a, a physiology class and uh, she was explaining cancer itself. And, and uh, she was saying cancer is cancerous cells are cells that refuse to die. They're cells that have lost their, or have maybe flipped their genetic code or their DNA code up to something else than this body, something else than the loving code of this body and continued to multiply and don't mm -hmm. die off. A healthy mm -hmm. cell dies because new cells, you know, and then new cells need, you know, cells need to die for new cells to grow and and one of the, you know, you, you mm. said there with finding that balance, because I don't think that we, you know, can, can find a fixation, a fixate, a fixated point in between that it's, you know, health. One of my mentors said health is the ability to choose. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to fluctuate, have awareness and be able to choose like, can I go into my shadow space right now or can I come out of it? And if I go into my shadow space, I don't have to live there. Right. Or if I go into my, you know, my, my bliss and my, you know, bypassing, perhaps I don't live there either. Mm -hmm. My, my, my health is my ability to fluctuate and choose between those. And it's to, to flow. Mm. That is so beautiful. I love that image of this idea of the cancer cells, like the cancer cells of our lives being, being unwilling to die to ourselves, being unwilling to surrender old parts of ourselves, grasping on and not letting go and needing things to stay the way that they are. You know, but what you just said and this idea that just like the earth which goes through its seasons, its cycles, its temperatures, its sunrise and, and sunset. Like we need to allow ourselves to iterate in that same way and shed these layers and, and die over and over and over again in this life in, in a, in a mental, uh, in a mental sense, you know, we need to die to these parts of ourselves that, that no longer need to live and create fresh and fertile ground for the seeds of new selves to be sown. Yeah. And I, I think that for the, uh, you know, there's balance in both sides for the, you know, I love that term, the spiritual masochist. It's so, it's so <laughs> funny um, for us that are, you know, uh, constantly craving growth, um, being slow with it and taking the time to integrate as well, because, um, we don't have to continuously shatter our perspective of ourself every day. I think that is one of the, um, mm. could be the shadow aspect of, of, you know, some of the, the plant medicine uses I see people doing ayahuasca every weekend and continuing to wipe their, um, their software every day without, you know, taking that time to integrate it back into their, you know, their reality. And, um, but both, you know, we're always going to be striving for balance and we're always going to find ourselves on one side or the other. And, 
just like you said, going back to the awareness in the beginning, it's usually awareness is usually the answer. Mm. <laughs> oh, Hallie, it's mm. been absolutely a pleasure dropping in with you. Um, this has been one of my favorite podcasts to date. So I'm super oh, thankful. Thank you so much. And uh, what do you have anything, any closing words? If not, we can just kind of delve into if there's anywhere you want to direct people to, you know, um, it'll all be in the show notes. Her show is the the thought room, which you got to hear the full story behind that. Mm-hmm. And uh, any anything else um, with your men's group? And Yeah, perfect. First of all, I just want to thank you again for having me and for your very palpably wise energy. You know, you and I haven't really known each other much before this interview. You know, we we have similar spheres, but getting to speak with you today, just wanting to validate that you are absolutely doing what you're meant to be doing. And thank you for spreading these messages. And there's a just gorgeous vibration that you bring that incites curiosity and openness and vulnerability. So thank you for, for aligning your soul to your mission and, and letting us celebrate and relish in that with you. Mm. Received and (laughs) reciprocated (laughs) as well. Yeah. I, uh, there's, it's, it's interesting because there's been some sort of magnetism and, and I, I know that, um, you know, I met you at fit for service briefly and, and uh, I, I just knew that I'm like, I need to have a deep conversation with this woman. <laughs> I knew the time would come. So uh, looking forward to dropping in with you again soon. Absolutely. Um, and as far as sharing where people can find me. Yes, please. Um, definitely check out the Thought Room. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, anywhere and at thoughtroompodcast.com. My personal website for anyone interested in the next iteration of the conscious man, because we're, we're full and closed for this round, but I'm compiling a wait list for the next round. So people can find that at hallyrose.com slash men. If you want to apply for the conscious man, I also work with a limited number of one-on-one clients. So if somebody is listening today, that really resonates with that. I encourage you to, to reach out to me and we can see if that might be in alignment for both of us. And then lastly, I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram. So if people want to connect with me there, they can, I always dig getting messages from people and interacting with my community. And my Instagram is at Hallie, H-A-L-L-I-E underscore Rosebud and also at Thought Room Podcast. Yeah. And that'll all be in the show notes. And uh, if you get a moment, go check out some of her writing because it's, uh, it's definitely, mm. um, one of your gifts. So thank, thank you, you so again, much. Allie. It was a, it was a pleasure.